0: Wrong. So big. Thank you.
1: A Hollywood legend back on the big screen. Not once.
2: Howard, I'm gonna kill you.
1: But three times just this year.
2: I'm an 80-year-old woman, and I've earned the right to take my sweet fing time.
1: Jane Fonda's acting renaissance follows a career of countless classics. I, I want to be your friend. And decades of passionate protests. These days, tackling what she says is the most important issue of her career, climate change. Now, Fonda opens up in a raw, emotional conversation about Hanoi Jane, her relationship with her father and three husbands, and why she's not scared of dying. We have two things in common. Do I get a hint?
2: I find cooking really hard. I find it really
1: stressful. Do you feel your life is in danger? And the love of my mother is what brought me here. What was the worst investment? Oh, there's a long list of really bad ones. Jane Fonda, welcome. I have been looking forward to getting the chance to sit down with you and to talk.
2: I have to. Well, good. It's about time. All right.
1: <laughs> yes, for both of us. Yeah. So. Speaking of time, you turned 85 in December, and you are busier than ever. You have three movies out this year. You're resuming your climate protests, where you sometimes get arrested, and you've got your climate political action committee. So here's my question, Jane. Yeah. Why not just sit back and take it easy? What?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's... That sounds so toxic. (laughs) Really? Sitting back and take it easy. Look, if I had spent my life working on a factory floor and not being paid enough and being bullied by my boss, that might be what I want to do. I've had a very privileged, interesting, exciting life. And um, to leave that and go and sit down and, I mean, I've got a lot of energy. I've got a lot of ideas. We're facing a terrible crisis that just makes my stomach go like this. And I just, I can't even, I don't understand the idea of sitting back or retiring. I don't, I don't get it.
1: Well, you're not doing it. No. So so you're also, in addition to all of that, dealing with cancer and chemotherapy.
2: Well, that's done with, but um. How are you, how are you? I'm great. I, the the year that I made three movies in, I had cancer and, all kinds of other things that I didn't even know I had. And I kept wondering, why am I so tired? <laughs> I found out I had, I had, well, I don't even, what, what did I have? What Non-Hodgkin's
1: lymphoma. lymphoma.
2: Non-Hodgkin's, yeah. And it was the kind, the very, you know, it doesn't ever really go away. But so I started chemo and then I was told in December that I'd, my cancer was in remission and I didn't need any more chemo.
1: <sighs> so you're good.
2: I am cancer
1: free. There's
2: no wood around
1: here. No, there's no wood around. Just (laughs) knock on your head. So, let's talk about the movies. Uh, 80 for Brady is out right now. It's about four women of a certain age who decide to go on a road trip to see Tom Brady play in the Super Bowl. And here are some clips. It is so great to meet you. Beauty has no expiration date.
2: Chris. I didn't flirt. He did. Gronk. Hi. So big.
1: Thank you. Let's go! Oh, my God! That's Tom (laughs) Brady! So why did you want to do this project? I mean, are you a big football fan?
2: No, I'm a baseball fan. You always want to be in something successful. I think this movie's going to be very successful. And I thought, hmm, women and football, older women and football, it's good to show the audiences that women are still they've still got it and they and they love sports and don't write us off you know they say we're over the hill but you know what i can say it with authority i you can be over the hill and then suddenly oh there's another hill oh and it's covered with beautiful flowers and there's another hill and all these landscapes to explore ain't over till it's over and people really feel good when they, when they come out of the movie. Now, you, you
1: have uh, worked with a lot of stars. How did you feel about working, not that you did that much, but a little bit with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski?
2: Uh, I felt very honored. You know, I was with Ted Turner for 10 years. Yes. We, we and know. he owned the Braves. Right, And we were sitting right down on the field. So every, all the time, I got this really up-close look. At athletes and what it means. I mean, you're, it's, the, it's the final of the World Series, it's the bottom of the ninth, you're up at bat, the bases are loaded, and all I can think of, thank God I'm not his mother. You know what? <laughs> I, I mean, you see greatness. See, with us actors, it's cut, let's do it again, you always have another chance. Right. They don't have another chance, no. and the whole the, world. This is real. I am in, real time. in awe of talented athletes. So to be with Gronkowski and Brady was awe-inspiring. It really was. How My knees do, got weak.
1: How do you feel about Brady announcing he's, after all these years, you know, retiring?
2: <clears throat> I was hoping he'd retire the first time. Um, I don't want him to get hurt. When I saw him on the red carpet, I thought, he looks sad. And he, he looks like he's lost weight. And I wondered why. And then the next morning, I watched his video, which was so moving, so moving. I think it's a good decision, yeah. We don't want that beautiful athlete to get
1: hurt. Well, in March, you have another movie coming out, Moving On, in theaters.
2: I love it so much. And <laughs>
1: in which you play a woman whose best friend has died, and which means that you can now settle accounts with,
2: with her hers. husband.
1: Take a look. <sighs>
2: Come here. Howard, I'm going to kill you. Now that she's gone, now that it can't hurt her, I'm going to kill you. This weekend, I'm going to do it this weekend.
0: Howard, oh
1: dear
2: Howard. Oh, 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 you dear man. I'm so, so sorry. Well,
1: that's an interesting premise. So let me ask you a bigger question out of that movie. Where do you think the relationship between men and women Stands in this country now is the story how much progress we've made or how little
2: I think I think how much progress really? we've made. Well, I'm, I'm I'm big on celebrating victories. I, I think that you know Certainly, everything hasn't been cleared up and it probably never will but uh, things are better You know when I started out for example on a movie set. I was always the only woman And I can't tell you how not good that feels, especially when there's sex scenes involved and stuff like that. Um, I think you know the the fact that we have so many great movies now with actors of color that never used to be like you know. I mean, we're making progress on a lot of different levels, and I know that there's a lot of complaining about well, it's gone too far and cancel culture and all that. (laughs) It's good. Things are good. We have a lot more to do. There's a lot more further to go. But the first thing we have to do is make sure that we're going to survive as a species on a planet. But I think that a lot of progress has been made.
1: Well, let's pick up on that because Fire Drill Fridays. Mm -hmm. You spent 14 weeks in 2019 in D.C. protesting climate change, getting arrested five times. And now you are taking these protests to what you call the front lines for greenhouse gases, places like... Louisiana and Texas. Right.
2: The Gulf area, Texas and Louisiana, is ground zero for the climate crisis. The Biden administration has permitted two dozen new gas terminals in an area where so many people are ill and dying from cancer and respiratory illnesses and heart disease. People of color, poor people, indigenous people. And now they're putting two dozen more terminals in. I mean, it's called Cancer Alley in Louisiana where all the refineries and petrochemical companies are. It has to stop. It's not sustainable. We can't keep pumping things out of the ground when the scientists are saying, we have to cut our fossil fuel emissions in half in eight years, by 2030. I mean, they're hopeful that we can do it, but we have to light fires under our elected officials, which is why I started the Jane Fonda Climate Pact, because we have to get rid of the the elected officials that take money from the fossil fuel industry. They're always gonna vote in favor of big oil. And so we so have what to, is the,
1: the pack? You're raising money for people who are more conscious of who the Who climate are climate
2: cha- champions, who have taken stands against new pipelines or against fracking or against forever chemicals, and they speak out against the fossil fuel industry that's killing us, basically, and killing animals, killing the ocean. And um, yes, we endorse candidates that are climate
1: so, did you do this in the midterms in twenty twenty? Yes, we,
2: yeah, we supported sixty candidates, forty two of them won, and um, because we're new, and, you know, and so we're small, you know, we're we're not the Koch brothers, but so I supported down, a lot of down ballot candidates, and I traveled to those states, and boy, did I see what a difference we made! You know, we tripled the amount of money that they had been making, and we got the press to come out and and encourage volunteers. So it's it's just it's. I'm just thrilled, I think it's the most important thing I've ever done in my life. So there's the pack, right. taking fossil fuels into the electoral space, right. and then fire drill Fridays as a grassroots thing. My, my goal there is to speak to people who are concerned about the climate and, and, and encourage them to become active activists, do something about
1: it. And on these frial, fire drill Fridays, are you prepared to get arrested again?
2: It depends on where I am. It depends on the situation. It also depends on, is there a lot of COVID there? I don't want to exactly be put into jail with the people who risk having COVID, you know, and are the police going to hit me? I'm too old to be hit. I got all my joints are replaced. I'm too afraid something will happen. What do you
1: think, though, you did in D.C., and that sounds to me like you are in some of these protests. What do you think your getting arrested accomplishes?
2: Attention. It gets attention. That's all. I mean... People, this is what happened when I was getting arrested in D.C., for example. People were coming from all over the country. And what was so great, and it was exactly what I hoped for, is they were people who had never been to a rally before, much less getting arrested. And they spoke to me afterwards when, I mean, we'd be in the holding pen together so we could talk. And afterwards we would talk and they'd tell me what a transformative experience it was for them. That's, that's, That's what I... What I want is to, for people to understand how joyous it is to be able to put your body on the line for, for your core values, for your deep values. It's made a difference historically all over the world, including the U.S.
1: You know, Jane, as I listen to you, and I've been listening to you as people of my age have for the last 50 or so years. I've heard you talk with equal fervor about civil rights and about the Vietnam War and about relations between men and women and now climate change. How does the flame burn so bright for you? How do you keep the sense of outrage?
2: How could I not? I I don't understand. I, I just don't understand how you can know what one knows if you decide to study a subject like the climate was like the war in Vietnam and now, you know, like the climate crisis and not be enraged. I have a three and a half year old grandson. Even if we do everything that's right, he may not ever see a sea turtle. He may never be able to scuba dive over a healthy coral reef, which I've done over the Great Barrier Reef and so many other places in the world. There's so many things that I have loved in my life that he may never know. And this just breaks my heart for him, but also for the turtles and the whales. And I mean, I, it wakes me up at night, but because I am, I mean, I can get so depressed about it, but because I'm active and working together with other people who feel the same way and are far smarter than I am, it keeps me hopeful. Hope is an action, it's a muscle.
1: Your most famous protest was 50 years ago, when you went to North Vietnam at the height of the war there, and you were photographed sitting on an anti-aircraft gun, here's the picture, that was used to shoot down American planes. Critics, and there were millions of them, called you Hanoi Jane and said you were a traitor. And and the question I have is, 50 years later, how do you look back on that particular chapter?
2: It was a terrible mistake. I mean, the reality is... There were 24,000 American troops on the ground in South Vietnam, that's all. The ground troops were going home. The war was being fought by the air during the Nixon administration. I spent many years, that's why I made coming home, talking to American soldiers who had been in Vietnam and the things they told me were heartbreaking. They realized that the war was wrong, that we weren't wanted there, and that we probably couldn't win it, not because they weren't fabulous soldiers, But because of the nature of Vietnam, McNamara said to me, if we'd known what we know now, it would have, we should not have gone in. I mean, he realized that it was a mistake. So when you say
1: it was a terrible mistake.
2: It was a mistake to go to, I never wanted to go to any military installations. It was the last day of my two week time there. And I was, I was like a limp noodle. What I had experienced and what I had seen I just, I, I wasn't able to resist. They said, we're gonna take you out here today. And I didn't even think, and they sang me a song and I'm, made me laugh. I sang a song, that's what made me laugh. And um, it, it was a terrible mistake because of the image that it showed, which was not at all what the reality was. And, you know, maybe I was set up, but I was an adult. I'm going to take responsibility for it. If I was Vietnamese, I probably would have tried to do the same thing, you know, but I should not have done that. I should not have gone. Hundreds of Americans had gone to North Vietnam, journalists, diplomats, our secretary of state, Ramsey Clark, Vietnam veterans. But I said, but a movie star hasn't gone. And maybe if I go, it will draw more attention. And that's what it did. And four months later, the bombing stopped of the dykes. So I feel that what I did was good, except that I shouldn't have gone out to a military
1: place. When you got that nickname, Hanoi Jane, how did you feel at the time?
2: Well, I didn't like it. I mean, you know, all manner of slings and arrows were thrown my way. But when you know why you did something and you're willing to admit the mistakes that you made but stand up for the things that you did that that mattered, You're gonna come through it okay. And I refused to have them scare me away from being actively against the Vietnam War. You know, I think they thought, oh, she's this white, privileged, rich, famous, daughter of all of that stuff. You know, we can can scare her. And boy, did they try. And the more they tried, the more I... (laughs) No. I know what I'm doing. I dug in my heels. Screw you. I'm not, you know, they all went to jail.
1: Who, the people in the Nixon administration? Yeah. Yeah, they did.
2: Yeah.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly, Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the
0: must not take
1: yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Let's talk, let's change topics here. I want to talk about your movie career, and part of the joy of preparing for this interview is I watched clips And they reminded me of the joy that I got watching a lot of your movies. Mm -hmm. Two movies in particular stood out for me. One of them was Clued, Mm -hmm. in which you won the first of your two Academy Awards, two Mm -hmm. Oscars. Take a look.
2: What's the difference between going out on a call as a model or as an actress as a call girl? You're successful as a call girl. You're not successful. Because when you're a call girl, you control it. That's why. Because someone wants you, not me. I mean, There are some Johns that I have regularly that want me,
1: and that's terrific.
2: But they want a woman, and I
1: know I'm good. When I first saw that, I thought, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen anything so raw. It was, that was, you were pretty good in that movie.
2: I was, and it was a pretty good movie on every level, the sound, the music, the, the
1: cinematography, everything. But but those scenes, I, I, to me, always stood out, the scenes of you in therapy and you just reacting that way and bearing They were improvised. Sol- really?
2: Yeah. Originally in the script, the therapist was a man, and I said to the director, Alan Pakula, Brie Daniels is not going to reveal herself to a man. It's got to be a woman therapist. And let's wait and shoot it at the very end after I've got Brie inside my skin. And, um, and that's what we did. And it was all improvised. It was great.
1: And the other movie, I don't know that you'll be particularly surprised, is On Golden Pond. Yeah. And particularly this scene with your father, Henry Fonda.
2: It seems that you and me have been mad at each other for so long.
1: I didn't know we were mad, I thought we just didn't like each other.
2: I, I want to be your friend.
1: Oh. This mean you come around more often? Mean a lot to your mother.
2: Our call come around more often.
1: You didn't watch that scene. Why not?
2: Because it makes me cry. I miss my dad so much.
1: That scene felt like more than a scene in a movie. It, it felt... It was.
2: You know, I love my dad and admired him. Uh, he was quite a bit like Norman. <clears throat> Removed. Not able to express... he always liked to do things that were, were rehearsed a lot and I purposely did something that hadn't been rehearsed because I, I wanted him to, to, to be surprised and um, when I said I want to be your friend and I touched his arm that would not rehearse that and he flinches and he ducked his head and he puts his hand like this but I saw that he was emotional he didn't want to, I mean it's funny for an, an actor who doesn't want to be seen as emotional but he was terrified of emotions and that meant a lot to me i went to his house uh, that night to i wanted to talk to him about the scene and because i'd had a lot of i had had a hard time with the scene it was so personal that um when we actually got there to do it i totally dried up and um I was, it was, it's like an actor's worst nightmare. And I asked him afterwards at dinner, I said, that, has that ever happened to you? No. <laughs>
1: nope,
2: that's it. I couldn't get him to.
1: How was it to love this man and for him, and you know, it's part of Hollywood lore, we've all read about it, that he was so emotionally withholding. I mean, I would think that would be tough.
2: Well, it is. It's very common also, especially for women my age, or boys and girls my age, uh, it's not just women, whose fathers were of that generation, and especially Midwestern. You know, there was a certain attitude, you know, it's like you don't ever ask for anything, you don't express need, and you stifle your emotions. And of course, when a figure of your love is withholding and and repressed... um, it, it, you know, it has an impact on a kid and their f- relationships after they grow up. I've been married three times. I just, I didn't have a good hand dealt to me when it comes to relationships.
1: How we were both crazy enough, foolish enough to follow our famous fathers into their professions. Did you resolve things with your father before the end of his life?
2: That movie on Golden Pond was kind of like a resolution in a way. My being able to say that to him in the scene. Um, and, and he died five months later. And before he died, I was able to tell him that I loved him and that um, that I, I forgave him for you know whatever didn't happen. And I hoped that he would forgive me for not being a better daughter. I got to say that to him. He didn't say anything. <laughs> but he wept. And uh, I had never seen that before. I'd never seen my father break down and weep. And I, 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 it, was, it was powerful.
1: I, it, it, I have to say, I think it's one of the greatest gifts. I had a challenging relationship with my dad at at various points, and he lived long enough uh, that we made it up and became best friends, and and I always felt that was such a gift because I can't imagine going through life after it's too late and not having that resolved.
2: Oh, it's so important to try to clear everything up before you go. You know, I'm not scared of dying. Are you?
1: I'm not looking forward to it.
2: I am. It's an adventure. <laughs> I I kind of you know, I don't want to go. I still have a lot to do. But I'm not I'm not if it you know, if I discovered that I had cancer and there was again and there was nothing I could do, I'd be okay with it. What I'm really scared of is getting to the end of life with a lot of regrets when there's no time to do anything about it. And it's, it's one reason that I try to, I, I'm trying to get it all done
1: <laughs> before I come to the end. But, but do you have regrets? I would think that you would be somebody that oh, feels I, pretty I, good about... Very
2: it. few regrets. I was not the kind of mother that I wished that I had been to my children. Uh, I have great, great children, talented, smart. And I, I, I just didn't know how to do it. And... Um, You know, I I have an organization in Georgia that deals with adolescents, and I've studied parenting. I I know what it's supposed to be now. I didn't know then. So I'm trying to show up now.
1: Jane, i got to say, this is quite a conversation we're having here. This is is real, which is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I hate parties.
2: I hate cocktail parties. I always end up... Finding one person that is interesting and sitting in a corner all night. Do you do that?
1: I yeah. I know what you're saying.
2: Because I'm shy, basically. What's you know just small talk. I don't. I can't do it. Isn't that boring?
1: I want to ask you a couple of other questions. Um, As you say, you were married three times to three very different men: French film director Roger Vadim. Tom Hayden, the anti-war activist, and of course, Ted Turner, who created CNN. And you say for much of your life, you turned to men for guidance and for validation. Was that because you didn't get it from your dad?
2: I don't know. I mean, yeah, I suppose. And the fact that my mother killed herself when I was 12, you know, I mean... I just assumed that n- nobody would be interested in knowing me unless I was with a man who was really interesting. And they were all interesting.
1: And, and when did that change for you? When did you realize, one, I, James Fonda, am interesting. And two, uh, I don't need a man.
2: When Tad Turner and I um, split in 2000, started a new century on my own. Um, And I I kind of thought, oh, I'm single and I'm okay. I don't need a man. That was when, and I was 62, (laughs) took that long.
1: I read recently that when you bought the house you live in now that the real estate agent talked up. Well, you got his and her bathrooms. <laughs> and you said, no, you don't need to worry about that. There's not going to be. No, any- I'm going
2: to redesign that guy's bathroom to suit me because no man is ever going to live here. And that's true? Yeah, I got a draw roll of vibrators, but there's no, <laughs> no man going to be there. That's <laughs> well, not quite
1: where I expected this to go. So are you happy with where you are now?
2: Yes. I can honestly say, Chris, that I am, I am happier than I've ever been.
1: Because?
2: I am doing the most important thing in my life that I've ever done. And if people want to join me in my <laughs> Jane Fonda Climate Pack, you can go to janepack.com. I am so happy to be doing these two things, Fire Drill Fridays and the Jane Fonda Climate Pack. Um, My kids are healthy and happy, and um, I'm not happy when I think about the world. This is the truth. I wake up every morning in my wonderfully comfortable bed with my weighted blanket. Have you ever tried a weighted blanket? Oh, heavy. It's weighted. And I think, oh, my God, thank you that I'm not a Syrian refugee, or I don't live in Sri Lanka. I, I am so aware of how fortunate I am and grateful. And gratitude and forgiveness are the two big things that, that I want to put out there in the world.
1: Jane, thank you. Oh, is it over? <laughs> you want to talk more? <laughs> well, it's so short. No, it's been about half an hour, <laughs> but thank you so much. Are you married? Yes. You are. Are, are you interested?
2: <laughs> no, I just, I just thought I should invite you to parties so that the two of us can just go into a corner talk and I don't have to deal with the rest of it. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I this appreciate it. This has been
1: it. a delight, and we should be grateful and thankful for you because you. you are something. You really are. Thank you. Whether you agree with her or not, Jane Fonda has been on the front lines of America's political, cultural, and social debate for more than half a century. And as you've seen over the course of this half hour, she's not done yet. Thanks for watching, catch us every Sunday night on CNN and keep streaming anytime you want right here on HBO Max to find out who's talking next.